I V M. Welcome to All Things Policy, a podcast on everything from employment to aircraft carriers. We are a bunch of policy nerds based in Lumber Bengaluru, and we like bringing fresh perspectives to Indian affairs and Indian perspectives to global affairs. I'm Yazad, an economist, and I'm Shambhavi, a cell biologist. Hi, welcome to All Things Policy. I'm your host Shambhavi, and today we are going to be talking about abortion bills in the U.S. Joining me today, I have Anirudh, Yazad, and Nidhi. Uh, as you all must have heard, uh, in the past few weeks, uh, many states in America have passed bills that basically prevent women from accessing abortion clinics. Uh, so, Yazad, can you tell us a bit more about? the heartbeat bills as they are known as sure and they're not just heartbeat bills so the heartbeat bills are the ones that say that abortion cannot be done once a fetal heartbeat has been detected which is six weeks which, uh, which is, is around six about weeks. 6 weeks uh, the question is whether it's a heartbeat or not is in, uh, you can actually talk about more because a heart isn't fully formed at 6 weeks time yeah. The other one is uh, it restricts abortion the the strictest one in Alabama restricts there's no abortion it completely outlaws abortion in every case including in cases of rape or incest or the only exception is for the health of the mother and that has come in for criticism not just from the democrats but even from republicans who are pro life yeah even trump right he even yeah. tweeted out saying that rape and incest so those should be exceptions should be exceptions yeah. uh, the, the heartbeat bills are one then the other ones that are restricted at 6 weeks so there are about 6 or 7 states have passed mm-hmm. such laws and, uh, and louisiana the, louisiana i think is the latest yeah. one to join yeah. yeah so the main reason for doing this is for these laws to travel up to the supreme court and you know they're hoping that the now conservative majority would challenge roe v wade i see a problem in that uh, for a variety of reasons one the us has had a conservative majority on the supreme court for a very long time just because justice anthony kennedy was a swing vote doesn't mean he was not a conservative mm-hmm. he was after all appointed by ronald reagan and stare decisis which is that you know having precedent rule is a very important point in jurisprudence in the united states so for the justices to overturn roe v wade would be a very very big thing so the states are trying to do that now what happens if roe v wade is overturned Wait, can we just? Wait, yeah, I was just going to say, Roe what v. is Roe v. So Wade? So Roe v. Wade is the law that was passed in I think seventy two. Seventy three. Nineteen seventy three. It was a Supreme Court judgment uh, where there was this woman called Jane Roe, who actually went all the way to the Supreme Court. Asking, not her real name, obviously. Not her real name. That's right. Uh, just like John Doe. Yeah. And mm-hmm. asking for uh, the right to have an abortion. and the supreme court then granted it till then abortion was illegal in the united mm-hmm. states because so till 1973 till 19, it was illegal in india yeah. till the 70s also roughly yes. the same time as when in india the medical termination of pregnancy act was passed 1971 is when we had the medical termination of pregnancy act so abortion was looked upon in in, in a majority of countries for example in south america it's still illegal in most if not all countries in the middle east it's still illegal So this is entire thing whether the, the fetus you know is a life is a child in itself mm-hmm. uh, versus uh, the woman's rights over her own body so that's mm-hmm. the entire question behind Roe v Wade We still have many Catholic countries 
Correct. Uh, like there was this case in Ireland where Ireland. the dentist from of Indian origin. Yeah, but, but the Ireland has died. actually overthrown has overthrown that. Ireland was it, was a really big surprise, yeah. really. Yeah. So, coming back to Roe v. Wade and what has happened in the United States, you know, if we say take the thought experiment and say the Supreme Court overturns it. it does not mean that abortion becomes illegal in the united states all of a sudden it simply means that abortion will be a decision made by the states so states that you know outlaw it will be outlawed in that state states that allow it will be allowed in that state so for example in states liberal states like new york or illinois have already passed bills saying that abortion should be allowed and states that you know have made it illegal it will be illegal so that's what would happen There are a variety of social consequences. But Didi. but you're saying uh, that's the case even now, even with Roe v. Wade being in effect. No, the states have their own way of how they handle abortions. No, with Roe v. Wade in effect, cannot uh, you know make it illegal up to twenty weeks. But so, some states are more progressive than the others. Is correct. What, is how I understand. And it. and some states, I dread to use the word regressive, mm. but it might just apply. some states are much more conservative in the sense that they have tried to ban it or make it illegal uh, however all of this is contested no judge has actually allowed that mm. whether it be by law or it be by sneaky regulation like the state of missouri sneakily tried to not renew the license of the only abortion yeah. provider in the state yeah. and of course planned parenthood took them to court and won So there are a variety of I think social issues with this as well. Yeah, so one thing I th- think we have to realize is sometimes a woman doesn't even know that she's pregnant until she's 6 weeks into her pregnancy, right? So th- that's one big thing when I heard this whole 6 weeks and heartbeat bill, you have to realize that some people only come to know that they're pregnant when they're 6 weeks into it and they it might be a completely unwanted pregnancy um can happen for a variety of reasons right so you're re- really taking away a woman's right to choose whether she wants to carry forward with this process the second thing is if we include if we say rape and incest pregnancy that results from rape and incest will also be you know you will not allow abortions even for those then we are kind of leading to a lot of other social problems and uh, in the book freakonomics steven levitt there's a chapter i think the second chapter something where they relate the rise in crime to unwanted pregnancies um and because women were not allowed to do uh, to have abortions until uh, roe v wade came about you know crime rose and that's because children who were born of unwanted pregnancies you know grew up in foster care or situations which were not very favorable to you know a good social and mental growth and they turned out to be criminals etc so he has uh, the, the, you know there is that claim that has been made and that's often contested uh, but i think recently he again Stephen yeah, Levitt again came up with some data which kind of proves this. Yeah, but it makes sense. I mean, I don't know about the criminal part of it, but it will definitely cause more. There will be more demand on uh, foster homes. Uh, there will be more people, more kids in orphanages. I mean, John uh, Jane Rose, child, was put into an orphanage. So she, even if Roe v. Wade came Absolutely. in, she still the the decision came only after she gave birth yeah. to that baby, and yeah. that baby went into an orphanage. And I think that was. 
the situation that she did not want to happen right because she knew she wasn't going to take care yeah. of this kid and when you remove uh, the restrictions on uh, rape and incest it kind of sends the message that if a man you know wants to have his way and rapes a woman to have his child he can get away with it yeah so it's a very very it's it's a terrible uh, so social it, injustice in fact i i just like to kind of you know bring our attention to how we stand in india with respect to abortion laws and i think they are pretty uh, progressive so we are dealing with a 1971 law called the Med- medical termination of pregnancy act last year i think there was a request for a panel uh, to be set up a parliamentary committee to be set up to revise this thing about marriage being in the act so right now there is a clause which says that if a child or if a pregnancy is conceived in a wedlock uh, because of marriage then the husband also has a say in it and i think that's what they are trying to also change but in india actually one can legally terminate a pregnancy uh, until 20 weeks and if there are complications then even up till 24 weeks with a medical practitioner's signature and i think even between 12 and 20 weeks again you have to a medical practitioner has to certify that they're okay with this but it's completely a woman's choice and uh, i think that's how it should be correct right and abortions also i think lead to uh, well in india abortions can also lead to a very different kind of story and anirudh yeah. i'm sure he's has some interesting insights i'm, I'm quite surprised to hear that the bill is actually only this reason i thought it was older than that and the fact that we just that abortions have only been out since 1971 is quite so there was something in the ipc hmm. but that actually ha- made it illegal So hang on so up to up till this point let's say that a woman conceives out of wedlock uh it's not technically legal for her to get an abortion because you said that the the, the marriage sorry the the act specifically mentions wedlock so if if you have a child if you get pregnant and you're married hmm. before you get an abortion your husband, husband must also agree to agree it, to it. Okay. he also has to sign so so if you're not married then it's not really a problem no. you can you can no. okay So um this this book that I was reading is called Unnatural Selection by Mara Fistendal and it basically about basically how Asian technology Asian, Asian countries got access to cheap cheap abortions and uh, the author's basic argument is that if as the cold war broke out there was a lot of paranoia about uh, overpopulated poor countries turning to communism and apparently the best solution that a bunch of american ngos saw to this was to make abortions easier and more accessible in asian countries but they didn't seem to realize that in an asian country there has generally been a preference for male children and so pushing abortion pushing access to abortion to all these families led to the unintended consequence of people preferring male children so what you would see in india for example is that a family would have a number of abortions but would stop as soon as they had a male child in china with the especially with the one when the one child policy came in what you would see is that female children always be aborted and male children would be brought to full term i actually have a, an issue with this analysis <coughs> it's not abortion that's the problem <coughs> the, the problem is sex selection yeah that's what i'm saying it, it the fact that you're aborting selectively aborting only so female children so regardless if sex selection was not possible these abortions wouldn't happen <coughs> 
it's the amniocentesis test that allows you to actually have a look and find out whether your fetus is male or female no, and then no, if the no. fetus is female that's for a different thing that's for a chromosomal uh, deficiencies test uh, so you're the only person out here who's actually had a child so. and also had an amniocentesis so you can detect the sex of the child at 13 weeks, weeks. and that's a scan Okay. So you really need not amniocentesis involves extracting amniotic fluid out of your body and then checking for any chromosomal uh, deficiencies. I see. But hmm. technically it could still be used for yes. sex determination. Yes. It Because could be it used for that. It yeah. could be also used for actually then uh, making a case for abortion. Yes. I mean if you have right. down syndrome if you have or if you have very serious they... abnormalities yeah. mm-hmm. and that's why between 20 and 24 weeks in India so you can do the amniocentesis anywhere between 18 and 22 weeks I think and that's why the 24 week mm-hmm. mark so if the results say that there are some very serious abnormalities uh, in the fetus then the doctor can say so that this you know pregnancy should be terminated i mean so so the limited point i'm trying to make is um while it's wonderful that india has progressive abortion laws and i don't think they should be any different the thing is that since the underlying social problems the underlying uh, ways in which people use abortion haven't necessarily been addressed by any sort of norm change i think it's going to have very some long term consequences if you look at china for example because there's way more men than women we're seeing actual sex trafficking happening where pakistani women yeah, are yeah. being married to chinese men and essentially entering the chinese sex trade and there have been a number of studies that show especially i think uh, in in certain african countries where when you have a large population of young men who aren't employed who have no means to get social acceptance through a family life or through a, a job tend to join extremist outfits and i think we're starting to see the beginnings of that pattern here as well mm. so while while i absolutely agree that women must have a bodily autonomy they must have a right to choose what happens to their body i don't think that in practice especially in india that's actually what's happening it's really the family that's choosing what the woman does with her body and that's something that needs to be addressed and that is why when you have something like your spouse must also sign whether or not you can get an abortion hmm. it's good to do away with those things because then the woman knows she can decide whether or not she wants an abortion okay i want to counter both of you but i'll go with anirudh first okay okay so uh, a india has a, a abortion law but b india also has a law that prevents determination of sex hmm. okay in babies so if abortion is being used to determine the sex of the baby then that is anyways illegal hmm. technically in as far as the law goes it is illegal because you shouldn't know the gender of the baby anyways so then does it matter whether whether the law is a problem because we spoke about this even when we spoke about gene editing right hmm. we spoke about the fact that there are, there are social issues but we cannot always let social issues stop or impede on certain legalities which would benefit people because hmm. the law cannot always define what your society does hmm. right those things have to come from within the society the law is basically just kind of a guideline yeah, yeah of what what is possible no but i'm not advocating for the technology being stopped hmm. and i very specifically said that a norm shift is required as well hmm. i i don't think you can just pass a law and say that okay you know our job is done here hmm. especially when there is capacity there is room for the law to be misused 
I'm not at all advocating for abortion technology to be made any less cheap, any less accessible. If mm. anything, I think there's still a long way to go in terms of making healthy, safe abortions available to more people. What I'm saying is that that needs to happen within a broader social shift of attitudes towards, uh, towards especially towards sex selective abortions. Mm. I agree with that, but. Mm. What do you think is the government or the law's role in doing this? Because A, they have already passed this, you cannot do gender determination, mm-hmm. right? So they have put in things that will ensure that genders won't get selected. Hmm. Preferential treatment. I don't think that passing the law is enough, as I said. I, I think there is a space for information campaign. And I, I don't necessarily think that this should be the state's responsibility. Mm-hmm. There's also a room for, there are a, lot, a lot of room for society itself to start to have these conversations. So I think in... In theory, there are two different things. But in practice, they somehow kind of, you know, get merged is, is what Anirudh is saying. That, hmm. you yeah. know, this has led to a way for gender selection. But why? what what were you countering about my point? Yeah, I sorry, think I'm uh, with you huh? on what on, you were saying. Yeah, on this, uh, yeah. um, you spoke something about the husband signing. Maybe that's something that should be done away with. Did you hmm. just say that? Yeah, because right now, the woman... So, if you're in a marriage and if you have a child that's... You know, if you conceive while you're in a marriage and your husband doesn't agree to the termination, then you can't terminate. Hmm. I think that's not right because it could still be unwanted. The woman might not want it. Right. That, I think, is a a bigger problem in itself. Yes, but that's what I said. The parliamentary committee last year, they recommended that we do away with with the word marriage in this act. And I would agree with it. A lot of pregnancies within a wedlock, within a marriage are also not wanted by women. A lot of girls get married very early, right? And then they get pregnant while they're in their teens. Mm -hmm. And they might not want it, but because they are married to an older man or because their family wants it, they might be forced to go through it. There's the broader question of the legality of marital rape, uh, which still hasn't been completely overthrown. So it's linked to that. That Hmm. That's what I'm saying. That it might be completely unwanted, right? And that's what they were trying to address through, you know, saying that let's take out the word marriage from it because there are, I mean, marital rape is a thing. That is very Marital rape is legal in India. It is. So that's yeah. that's exactly what was, you know, they were trying to address. And yeah. even, even beyond the legal framework, right? So the author gives a number of examples of how even though it's illegal to perform sex-selective abortions, in practice, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, People will do it. They will. They'll, doctors will give you a, a blue envelope if it's a boy, a pink envelope if it's a girl. All all kinds of nonsense mm-hmm. that happens. So just having the law is not enough. You also need to have enforcement mechanisms, and you also need to have a shift in the norms. Yeah. What does enforcement mechanisms could look like? I, I, it's, it's a little more difficult to state because you can't have an officer in every single clinic looking at all the shady things that these doctors might be doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is why I think there's a requirement for society to also kind of reevaluate the way that we think I about think we this. could have a different podcast on that because I think that we slightly digressed from the topic <laughs> yeah. at hand which was why we should not have anti-abortion bills <laughs> and we are now speaking about how to make abortion bills more effective <laughs> so let's try and first convince people that anti-abortion bills are not good so final words so yeah I think uh, though in the US the anti-abortion uh, bills like Yazad said that they don't have to you know Roe v. Wade doesn't have to be overturned or even if it overturns it doesn't mean that all the states will suddenly you know start uh, will, will make abortion illegal but it does send a signal right I mean with so many states with six states now saying that we are going to make abortion illegal it does send a signal that oh we are going to decide what women can do 
with their bodies and we are going to make these choices for them and i think that itself is regressive in this day and age i agree and it's it's important that you know as a man i have no right whatsoever in kind of deciding what a woman should do or should not do with her body but would you like a right if your wife was pregnant on that on it that child it would still it would still be her choice Anirudh? I'm just waiting for the US to also ban masturbation because technically they're killing life. A uh, male <laughs> masturbation, sorry. That is very true. Yeah. Okay, on that note, thank you all for listening to All Things Policy. Thank you. We would love to hear what you think about this chat. Check us out at our Twitter handle at takshashilainst on our Quora space, All Things Policy. For the latest analysis and research on technology, strategy and economic affairs, visit our website at takshashila.org.in and tune in for our next episode.